Hi everyone, welcome to All Things Creative. I'm Linda Fissler, Linda Riesenberg Fissler. Nice to uh, see all of you back again. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, when we were talking a little bit about some research that I did on um, the US Embassy in Moscow, um, I was going to talk a little bit about suspension of disbelief. And this is a really um, important concept, especially in fiction writing especially when you're talking about uh, historical events or you're intertwining um, some historical events into things. And, um, you know, there's a lot of saying that the current administration has kind of lowered the bar for political intrigue around suspension of disbelief. I mean, it, it's, um, and it certainly has. I mean, there are things that are happening that we wouldn't get away with in the fiction world. Um, people would just dismiss it, or at least up to this point, they would have just dismissed uh, things uh, that just, you know, would not, you know, it, you know, it's just not believable. That doesn't make sense. You know, you if you find yourself saying you never get away with that, and if in, in the real world, um, you've got a, a suspension of disbelief issue. Um, Sunday night, my husband and I watched Outlander, and oh my God, I am a big Outlander fan uh, of the series. I, I, I will confess I have not read the books yet. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to read a, a lot of things, and uh, I actually have held Diana's books in my hand, uh, Diane's books in my hand, um, and, and the, the sheer <laughs> thickness of the book has taken me, um, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll never get this done. Uh, I did read uh, Ken Follett's uh, first trilogy, the Century Trilogy, um, and that one was about 930 pages. I think it took me, you know, at least three or four months to read through the whole book because, I, you know, between doing research and writing and, and painting and teaching and um, other responsibilities that I have, I don't have a lot of free time. Um, to, to sit down and, and read, but uh, Ken Follett is one of my favorite authors, so um, I do enjoy reading his his work, and it was very interesting and used as kind of a, a benchmark, if you will, for intertwining history and characters together. Um, I love the way Ken wove those uh, together in in the first book of the century. I, but by the time I got done with World War One, I, I just really the last line in the book was something about Hitler. And I just said, I can't go through another world war with with Ken right now. So um, that's on the list to, to read, as well as uh, Diane's series uh, as well. Um, but and I'm sure the series handles this totally different. So I want to be I want to, you know, be truthful here and say that um, when I pick on the series, the bar for the suspension of disbelief in, I believe, television series, movies, and things is a lot lower than when you're reading a book. Um, most people will dismiss it when they're seeing it on screen. Oh, it's just television. Oh, it's just a movie. You know, don't question it. Just ride with it. Be entertained. Let it flow over you, whatever. With a book, you know, it's not quite the same because suspension of disbelief, you have to, you have to suspend that disbelief or the reader's going to put the book down and not come back to it. So we have to be very, very believable. Um, if we're not, we have trouble. So the big thing, it's like I said, we were watching um, Outlander on Sunday night. And, um, you know, the this is a spoiler. If you haven't seen it yet, stop listening now. Um, but basically, Brie gives uh, Claire the permission, if you will, to go back in time because they found Jamie. 
And lo and behold, she goes back through the stones and she sees Jamie and she meets up with Jamie. And right there, I had a suspension of disbelief issue because if she could direct the time frame that she traveled back to, why couldn't she go to right after the Battle of Culloden? Why? Because she knew he survived it. Why couldn't she go to, I mean, we went from where she just happened to drop into the, the time frame in the first series. And there's another thing with the first uh, television series that I have an issue with that they haven't cleared up um, yet either. Um, but, and I'll get to that in a minute. But if she could direct her time frame or when she went back and forth, I mean, we're getting into, you know, the time machine type of thing now. Um, with, so it, it just really was like, well, I don't understand, you know. And, and then, the, of course, the other question was, why didn't she just take Brie with her? <laughs> so, you know, so if we're going to play loosey-goosey with all of this, you know, why don't you do other things? Why doesn't Brie go and try to find her? Um, you know, and maybe that's part of what's coming up. I don't know. Like I said, I didn't read the books, so I, I'm not sure. But I had a real, real issue with that because it's like if she can control when she goes back in time and, and how she gets back there and the specific date and area that she moves to, you know, why not pick some other time? Um, you know, why did she wait? I know part of it was that she was bringing up Brie and didn't want to leave Brie. But again, don't you think it'd be pretty cool if Brie and Jamie met up and then she met her real dad or yeah, I don't know. So I'm enjoying this series bottom line, but as an author and, and a writer, you know, these are questions that constantly pop up and um, sometimes they make me a little frustrated. And that's what happens when you have something, when you do something that I think um, really starts causing some disbelief in, in the viewers and the readers. And like I said, this could have been handled totally different in the book. So um, if you all have read the book and it is handled differently in the book, yay. <laughs> so um, I, I just, you know, it, all of a sudden we have to believe that she has some control over this time travel that she's going to go through and that the stones open, you know, just, just at the exact right time. And how does she know how to do this? I mean, all those questions started coming up in my mind um, at that point. The other thing that I, I, I said to my husband when when we were watching it was, I don't understand because at the very first series show, very first show of the series, and it's like 1945 or 46 or something like that, and he's up in Inverness visiting the, the uh, priest or, or minister, um, Roger's dad, if you will, um, and Claire's with them and they come back and she's standing up in the bathroom and she's brushing her hair and there's a guy, it's raining and there's a guy standing by this statue looking up at her, kind of glaring at her. And we don't know who that is yet because she hasn't traveled back. Um, but obviously um, we get a nice look at him because he turns and walks away as Frank is walking up to him and he runs into Frank and he looks at Frank. And of course, Frank looks exactly like Blackjack and he kind of stands for a minute, looks, and then he walks away. So obviously it was Jamie, and obviously Jamie traveled through the rocks to, or the stones, to 1945. And again, if this is cleared up in the books further along, then fine, I understand. Um, you know, I'll have to wait and see. But it's another area that was presented and not closed up. And are we all perfect? No. <laughs> so I'm sure there are probably uh, things that I brought up in along the line to um, kind of put in a little bit of 
uh, question into the reader's mind that I've not cleared up in the first books, but um, in the first three books. And I and and I'm you know who knows I may go back and pull those back up. It may be something that just was inserted to uh, keep the mystery going, to keep the suspense going, to keep the author you know put or put the reader on a different path. And these these are all things that could be intertwined in the Outlander series, for example, to do the same thing. You know, why did Jamie go back in 1945? How did Jamie do it? So it keeps me interested in the series. Are they going to answer that question? You know, so um, big difference between presenting opportunities for the reader to use their imagination uh, to um, try to figure something out, um, keep them engaged, which I think the first part where I was talking about Jamie looking at Claire in 1945 or 46, whenever it was, and, you know, that to me is an interesting piece that'll keep me um, wondering, you know, does, does Jamie learn how to travel through the stones? And is this a constant circle that they're going into? And what happened to Claire that made him go back to 1945? And again, can he control it? If he can control what time frame he goes back and forth, why didn't he go sooner? <laughs> so some frustration there, exactly. And like I said, suspension of disbelief is a totally different thing. It always comes back to that if they can control where they're going and what they're doing, um, why why aren't they doing it? Same thing happens um, in a number of different books. There's a, There were a couple times in um, in Ken Follett's book, for example, and these guys, you know, have been writing for years. They're the experts. They're the the mentors, you know. And like I said, there were a couple times in, uh, in Ken Follett's book where the suspension of the disbelief wasn't Read, you know, wasn't there for me. But again, me being a writer, my my bar may be set a little bit higher than an other readers' um, bars may be. So uh, a constant, it, you know, it's actually probably an interesting conversation for you to get into with um, friends of yours because uh, if you both are, or book clubs even, if you're reading it and you have an, an issue believing something um, that the, the author didn't suspend that disbelief in it, uh, that's always an interesting concept to, to discuss. So uh, if you are in a book club um, and you want to talk about something like that, you know, look for those areas in the book where the author didn't exactly suspend your disbelief. Um, in some cases, it, it's so flagrant that uh, people can't finish the book. Um, so it's a constant thing where where most of the authors, all the authors that I know that are writing, is constantly, you know, you're asking yourself, is this believable? Is this believable? It's kind of like the Jack Bauer thing. You know, the guy has a, he dies. You know, it's supposed to be 60 minutes of a day, and you're going 24 hours in that day, and the guy dies, and you know, Jack Bauer died. His heart stopped beating, and within 45 minutes, he's out running down the street chasing after the bad guy again. Sorry, not going to happen. You know, so those are the type of suspension of disbeliefs um, that are out there. And again, you can find them. And again, as I said earlier, I think TV series, movies and stuff like the suspension of disbelief bar is very, very low because we just go, yeah, 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 it's a movie. It's not a big deal. You know, but I think that's I think that's higher when you're reading a book. And um, I'd be curious if to know if you all agree with that or not. But um, that's the little bit on suspension of disbelief. I'm always writing when I'm writing. I'm going, is this believable? You know, could this be done? You know, there there was very tempting in one area of the the free write that I'm writing to um, shoot Sean, have Sean be injured. But then I knew what was coming up that I wanted him to do a little bit later on. And it was like, would it be believable that he would be able to do that? 
if he were shot? And the answer is no, <laughs> it's not believable. So, um, you know, I said, well, I, maybe, maybe I won't injure Sean this time. And I know a lot of people's hearts just sank that I even thought about hurting Sean. But um, yes, I do, you know, here, I do think about those things. You know, it's, it's life. It's, it's got to feel real. And he's not a superhero. So, and neither is Jenkins and neither is Nicole. And, um, you know, she's very vulnerable too. So that question of, is this believable? Is, am I suspending my reader's um, disbelief here? Can I push it this far? Those are all kind of questions that you think of as an author when you're writing. So um, it just so happened that I, I picked on a couple of Ken Follett's and Jack Bowers and Outlanders and stuff like that because it's, it's there's stuff that you can actually relate to very, very quickly. Again, how the books handle it is one thing. How the movie series handle it is another. Um, but it's you know, just now that you know that there is such a thing as a suspension of disbelief um, bar that we all try to to work to, um, it'd be interesting is to hear you to hear if you all were sitting there and saying that, oh yeah, sure, you know, I can do that. You know, that would happen in real life. Um, how many times you catch yourself saying that? So it's probably one of my biggest pet peeves, I guess, and maybe it's because um, I do write so. Anyway, um, I'm not particularly sure what we're going to talk about on Thursday. Um, I'm going to give that some thought and then uh, tune in uh, on Thursday. And I'm sure it's going to be book related, may even be art related. I don't know at this point. So uh, have a great day, everyone. And we'll talk to you on Thursday.